Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Listen, this is the time of year where you might be looking for a gift for maybe your pastoral team, maybe your whole staff, maybe your elders, maybe key leaders. This is what I want you to do. I want you to pick up a copy of this book that I really love. I think it was really one of the best books of this year by Tim Lucas and Warren Bird. It's called Liquid Church. It's a powerful story and really gives you a framework to think about how we should be really transforming our churches. It gives us transferable principles that will work at church of any size, any location, in any region of North America. You'll learn about the secret sauce of communication, how to increase generosity and evangelism in your church, how to raise up a river of high-capacity volunteer staff and leaders who are already sitting in your church. In addition to the dozens of real-life examples and practical churches in Liquid Church, it gives you profiles of 30 other churches. So it not only talks about what a Tim's church, Liquid Church, but you talk about 30 other churches in there who are making waves in their own environments. Listen, guys, let me encourage you to take to give this book at this time of year. Take your staff, church board, small group through this. What I want you to do is to pick up copies today at liquidchurchbook.com. Now, if you go to liquidchurchbook.com, you'll see all kinds of free bonus content, including a 52-page small group guide, a downloadable custom curriculum, which is so good. You can use it. It's got chapter and chapter uh, video training. You've got all kinds of, uh, there's actually this whole other free book by Tim Lucas there called Seven uh, Sermon Series Guaranteed to Grow Your Church. Evangelism, Stewardship, Volunteer Culture, so, so good. And it's all there at liquidchurchbook.com. Drop by there, pick up those copies of those books. It really would be a great tool for your church to use uh, and to give as a, as a tool for your church this time of year. Let's go. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey listeners, I'm Vanessa, the host of the Unseminary Podcast, where we talk about the stuff you wish they taught in seminary. I'm joined by the founder of Unseminary, Rich Birch. Hey Rich, how are you? Doing great today. Glad to be on the show. Vanessa, um, You've I know you volunteered our church, but what would you say... Uh, can you remember when someone asked you to volunteer at the church? Like who did that? What was that experience like? I didn't ask you this before we started recording, but what, what did that look like? Or did you just put your hand up? Cause you're kind of a go-getter. Did yeah. you just be like, Oh, I want to help with that. What did that look like? Yeah. I'm definitely a type in that sense. Um, I also always feel that like really strong conviction when the church is like, we need this. And I'm like, I got to act now. So okay. <laughs> it was a uh, similar to that. It was a sermon where it was a response and I responded to serving and I originally was looking to serve with our youth ministry and Mm. ended up serving in production and I loved it. Yeah. And so I guess that's sort of changed over the years where people have asked me to serve in different areas or to continue serving in an area when we want to take a back seat. And so I appreciate the one-on-one ask. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, today we're talking about volunteer recruiting, super important for churches that are listening in. I know you know that, that, you know, volunteer church or the church is really a volunteer organization. And so what I wanted to do is pull out some kind of, um, you know, some recruiting tactics that maybe people haven't heard of before. So today we're going to dive deep. The title of of this article is five overlooked, overlooked, (laughs) overlooked. We were just talking about Star Wars before we started recording. Overlooked uh, volunteer recruiting tactics uh, at your church. And I'm hoping this is helpful, particularly as we look to next year. I think this is the time of year where 
you know, frankly, a lot of us are looking back saying, man, this, this year just didn't go how we were hoping on some fronts. And volunteers is one of those areas. I think we look at it, we say, man, we just don't have enough people. We don't have enough. And so some of it, I think, is we're just not doing some of the work. We're not actually, we just think we get up, uh, you know, get up and talk. A lot of pastors think I just get up on a Sunday morning and just talk and people will, will volunteer. And, and you're the rare exception, I think. Uh, who will respond to that <laughs> because you're a go-getter kind of personality. <laughs> you're like, Hey, I'm happy to kind of make things happen. But, uh, but actually people need a little bit more than that. And so we've got some help here for them today. I think some of this as well. Now I hate to say it, but we're embarking on that Christmas season. And as you look to hosting your services over the Christmas season, I think these are some useful tips that you can take away and make that first experience for somebody really great. Give them a taste of it to see what oh, can transpire. After. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm sorry if I kind of jumped ahead there, but no, um, no, no. I just sort of thought this is a really cool way to give somebody like a taste of that and to do it well. If you feel like you haven't done it well throughout the year, here's a good opportunity mm-hmm. to start. Absolutely. Like lots of churches are doing extra things at this time of year, right? Yeah. Like you're, we've got, whether it's like this weekend at our church, we're doing it on our campus. We've got like a, you know, a, a, the Christmas Santa Claus parade, we're handing out stuff, but then, you know, usually Christmas Eve, you've, you need more volunteers. And so absolutely, this is a good time of year to actually get people engaged on the team, mm-hmm. even if it's in a short term way. Uh, and some of these tactics might help you as you're out trying to ask people, hey, can you join us? Join us, please. Uh, that kind of thing. I love the first point as well. Thank you, postcards. This goes such a long way. I don't know about you. I mean, I don't check my mail very often, but when I notice that there is a handwritten um, envelope, I know I get excited. I get very excited to come home and read it. And I think this really does go a long way. So let's chat about that. Yeah. So the next time that you're meeting with a potential volunteer and ask them to join the team, why don't you just pop a postcard in the mail after, you know, immediately after the meeting? So, you know, the way I like to do this when I'm in a heavy recruiting time is, is if I'm out recruiting all, you know, maybe at the beginning of the week, I'll look ahead and I'll say, oh, I've got a couple meetings here through the week and uh, let me get some postcards together. Postcards are easy because people don't anticipate, they don't expect a lot of writing on them and they're quick to execute when they arrive at home. They just flip it over, look at it. Oh, that's great. Um, and you know, so if you get a, get a postcard, you can get one made or just, you know, you could just find one or, you know, just buy a a packet of them, even like a thank you postcard kind of thing and uh, just pre-address them. So take time, kind of batch that work, sit down, pre-address all those, get some stamps on them. And then, um, after the meeting, you know, even when you're in the car, just fill that out and then pop it in the mail. You know, in a lot of parts, if you go to the kind of the big mail, you know, if you in a town where you've got, you know, or, or a small city where there's kind of like the main post office, if you drop those in the mail that afternoon, you know, so if you have somebody like at lunch or anything, you drop it in the mail that afternoon, a lot of times that's arriving, if not the next day, the day after, which does feel kind of magical still, right? Like yeah, you're like, totally. oh my goodness, I just met with someone, you know, I, you know, pro tip on this, which we don't write about is to reference something we talked about. So, you know, you and I were just talking about some of your, uh, you know, real estate stuff. I could reference like, oh, I hope that deal that you, you know, goes through real well, um, you know, you know, praying for you, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's amazing how, and it's low cost, it's quick to do. Um, and it, it just adds a little extra punch, particularly when you're saying, hey, I would love for you to lead this team or take this area or help at Christmas Eve. I know it's above and beyond, uh, you know, or if they say yes, that's the other thing. You'd be like, well, what if they say yes, what do I do with the postcard? Then just say, thank you for like, thank you so much for volunteering. Really looking forward to Christmas Eve. Excited to have you on the team, that sort of thing. Awesome. Well, the next one might take a little bit of creativity. Work the list. All right. So I think that this one uh, is maybe one of the most underutilized things in most churches. So most churches, you know, could do a better job. Most church leaders could do a better job 
in simply reviewing a list of potential volunteers and interacting with them and asking if you could join a team. So maybe you have a list of like everybody that attends a small group at your church. You could get most databases. This would be pretty quick to run. Who are all the people that are attending a small group but aren't volunteering? Just compare those two lists. You'll end up with a list. In most churches, you'll have more people than you know what to do with. They'll be like, hey, here's a whole bunch of people. Then the question becomes, okay, what am I doing uh, to actually go through this list and, and say, okay, like I see Vanessa, she's in a small group, uh, but she's not volunteering. I'm going to give her a call or I'm going to, you know, zip her an email, or I'm going to try to see her this weekend at church, or, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something to try to get out in front of her. I, I know a church, a good friend of mine, Evan Courtney, uh, at a church called The Fields, they actually have uh, a giant, it's like a whiteboard at their church. And uh, they have a list of they actually for kind of people who are not volunteering at the church, they have little magnets and they have their names. So in this case, it would say like Vanessa on it. And uh, they have them literally on a board at their church and they have a weekly staff in a, in a weekly staff meeting. They stand in front of the board and they look at all the people who aren't volunteering and they ask the question, okay, what are we doing to move these people through our volunteer recruiting so smart. process? Um, again, the idea is to try to stay on top of that, getting people connected. We know that, that getting people connected to volunteering is an important step in many people's relationships to get them, you know, to take steps closer to Jesus. And so again, work the list. It's a, you know, a great way to kind of find new leaders, but then also ultimately, you know, help them get recruited and get plugged in. I really like what you just said too, because it's not, as people are coming to church, certainly because they have questions about God and Jesus and what this all means for their life. But I think there's something that sometimes we forget is that they're looking for community. There's no better place to find community than in serving. And I know that's been my experience and and a lot of people I talk to that's been their experience. And so if you can really work through this and nail it, I think that you could see a really, really great return on it. All right. Well, let's promote the pipeline. All right. So uh, the best way for volunteers to get recruited and get plugged in is if people, their friends ask them to join a team. And so you know, this idea of going to your people and saying, hey, who are other people you know that you could encourage to step in and apprentice you in your current role? Um, so just recently, I was talking to a, um, again, talking about our church, a, a uh, a volunteer who leads in the the babies area at our particular campus. And last weekend, normally in this particular age group, like they'll have an average Sunday, they have like maybe three kids, four kids, a big Sunday would be five kids. Like that's like a lot of babies. Well, this last Sunday they had nine babies in, in one service and they were overrun. Uh, and so what did this leader do? She literally went out into the lobby and was like, Hey, I need you to come in here. Now that's a funny instinct in a moment. Uh, and obviously we don't want to live like that all the time, but how do we help our people to be thinking that way when there's not a, um, you know, a kind of pressure of an individual week, but they that but for them to be doing it, uh, you know, time in and time out, like when they to be thinking proactively ahead of time. So when we come into a season, the question is, hey, who do you know in the church that we should be asking to join, uh, to get you know plugged into, uh, you know, volunteering? And so actually asking them, and then not just asking them to volunteer, but hey, can you come serve alongside of me? This is really the idea of the pipeline. Like, hey, why don't you come and be, uh, you know, serve as my apprentice? Because eventually, I would love for you to take this area over. Uh, all right. So that, that one is, I think one, again, that's maybe overlooked. Um, I feel like when you have an apprentice too, this can kind of play in, and especially if the apprentice is a friend of yours, this can play into our next point talking about make a ruckus and have fun. Cause I mean, when you're serving with somebody that you enjoy spending time with, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Absolutely. So one of the most powerful volunteer recruiting tactics tactics is your existing volunteer teams having fun. In fact, this may be even the best way. When a volunteer, when volunteers and teams enjoy what they're doing, that they will attract others. So uh, uh, this is important when we think about like huddles, we think about what is actually happening on a Sunday morning. Don't be afraid to make a little noise and create a little ruckus with your teams. You know, maybe there's a way for you to think about this, you know, this idea of volunteer t-shirts, which we talked before, uh, but the idea of everyone wearing is, you know, similar, uh, you know, volunteer team uh, t-shirt, it really does get people's attention and it can be a fun thing. Or maybe you you encourage them to like, hey, we're going to get together as a team and we're going to go bowling together, but we're all going to wear those volunteer t- team t-shirts shirts and we're going to go and do bowling together. We'll take some photos of you guys bowling and then use those in your recruiting strategy because you're reinforcing for people, hey, this is not just about here. It's not just about what happens on a Sunday morning, but our teams have so much fun Mm -hmm. together. Again, I think what we want to do is emphasize in our communication that volunteering is a good time. Now, it should actually be a good time. (laughs) (laughs) We we don't want to just say that, but we do want to emphasize that in our communication. We we want, because people, frankly, aren't, uh, I think sometimes as leaders, we think like, oh, people want to join the mission. They want to, you know, help us push the mission forward, all that kind of stuff. That's actually not true. Most people, uh, they're, they're like busy. They've got a lot going on in their lives, but they will say, I will do something if it's fun. I'll, I would love to be a part of this if it's fun. So uh, yeah, make make ruckus, have fun, do something uh, good uh, with your team, take some pictures and and share that. Uh, it's a fun way to, to recruit people and get people plugged into your team. Well, our final point is something that we talked a lot about and and really emphasize the next generation and the next generation volunteering and serving in the church. Yes. So uh, churches that are have a growing volunteer culture have figured out that they really need to open up volunteer opportunities to the next generation. So uh, really what you want to be looking at is how are we encouraging young people middle school students, high school students to get plugged in and to volunteer. In fact, we want to be, and this is one of the things I'm proud about all the churches we've been a part of, but our particular church that we're in now, Connexus, has done this well. But we really want to articulate to the next generation that uh, volunteering is a part of what you do as a Christ follower. Actually, serving is a part of how you plug in and make a difference. And, And this is important. There's a lot that we could talk about here, but this is philosophically important. We know um, you know, there's been all kinds of studies done on how do we make the faith sticky for next generation. And uh, the studies that came out uh, within the last five years really found that ultimately cross-generational relationships is, if not the biggest, it's one of a significant uh, pieces of that puzzle. So you want your kids to have friends who aren't, who aren't just their age. You want them to have older friends and older relationships within the church. And so uh, a part of the way you do that as a parent is you get your kids volunteering with other adults because they'll actually develop friendships with those. And so uh, yeah, I've seen this work in my own kids' lives. Like my, my kids have seen, it's not just like small group leaders, but when they go and volunteer at the church, they end up working alongside other people and that develops a different kind of relationship. And so, you know, and a, a cool way to do this is to articulate kind of 
our generation serves the next generation. So, you know, high school students should be serving middle school students. Middle school students should be serving elementary students. You know, why not get some elementary students who are, are helping with younger kids? The same with like university students or college students. They should be serving high school students. And then all the way along, we have adults embedded in that, uh, that makeup. So next generation, critically important. Don't shy away from this. I think some churches are nervous about having kids volunteer. Don't shy away from this. This is a great opportunity for your church. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, Rich, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, what I'd like to say is, you know, I know this is a busy time of year. I know you've got a lot going on at your church. I know that as we head into this this time of year, it's easy to kind of get out of this kind of fundamental thing, which is, you know, how do we build our teams? And so hopefully this article has been helpful for you. I appreciate your, you know, encouragement at the beginning of thinking, no, like think about this as a time of year to be recruiting. Use these tactics, put them in place. We'd love to hear more from you. Either email us or uh, leave a comment on uh, the post to let us know what you're thinking. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. You can see the full article in our other podcasts at unseminary.com.